0: Welcome back to Money, Motivation, and Mindset. My name is Jamie Lee, and on this podcast every week, we are discussing hard-hitting topics that will shift your focus, guide you toward clarity, and also give you tangible action steps for how to achieve the life that you want to live. Guys, there is no perfect journey no linear incline to success, but instead it is this perfect masterpiece of imperfection, failing forward, and continual discovery. This podcast is in no way here to say that I know it all or that we know it all, but instead to offer new perspectives from hard-won battles, fresh ideas, and to offer the voices of those who have been there and done that the way you dream of doing it. Listen, I can't wait to bring you new episodes every week. If you love this podcast, be sure to follow us, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Get on board and go follow me at Jamie Lee on Instagram. Let's hop in to this week's episode. Thanks for listening. All right, let's get this ball rolling. Today's episode, I am super excited to dive into. It's your girl, it's your business big sis here, Jamie Lee, and I am bringing the heat, the heat, the actual heat. It is 30 degrees, but it's like Florida with how much heat I'm about to bring. Okay, so first of all, I have to note, side note, it is holiday season. It is November. It is election season. We have a lot going on, but I'm here with my Christmas cup feeling festive AF and very happy. So it is Saturday. I'm recording in my office and I'm just, I'm excited to be here. My energy is so high. So I can't wait to talk to you guys today about sales. Now, Sales is one of those topics, guys, that gets me fired up because it's something I'm really good at, but I'm only good at it because it's a skill set that you can build, and I worked at building it. So when we talk about sales today, we're going to dive into a few topics that I've been asked over the last few weeks in my DMs on Instagram, and if you guys aren't following me, what the heck is wrong with you? At Lee. go ahead, give me a follow. I think you're going to love it, going to enjoy it. So... Let's talk sales. One of the hugest problems with people being afraid of sales is that we have yet to kind of figure out that sales fear is always rooted in a lack of skill or knowledge. The reason that this is an empowering thing to realize is because if we understand that almost all fear is rooted in a lack of knowledge, Or in a lack of a skill set, we can now take control, flip it on its head, gain the skill, work at getting the knowledge, and now the fear goes away. And I wanna give an example before we dive in of using the gym equipment, okay? A lot of people who are, you know, a little chub, a little chub, chub, all right? Like me, when we go to the gym, sometimes when you're first early in your journey, I'm thankful I know what to do now, but Early in my journey of trying to lose weight, man, ah, I was nervous. Like I didn't feel like I knew what to do when I saw a machine. So I just got on the treadmill because I felt like uncomfortable, right? Like people are watching me. They put all the machines in the front of the gym, like total a holes. <laughs> and so everybody can see what you're doing, or you know, doing incorrectly. And aside from a few leg machines, I just felt like I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody's making fun of me. And as easy it as as easy as it is to say, we shouldn't care, we totally do, right? And especially because usually you're at the gym already feeling a little uncomfortable with yourself. You're like trying to change some things, trying to change your situation. And then you feel like you don't know what you're doing. And it just totally crushes you, which is why personal trainers are so powerful. It isn't because people don't know that they should work out or that they should eat less, but personal trainers also offer a different side, which is, teaching you how to use equipment, teaching you how to work muscle groups in better order, teaching you how to effectively eat for the calories you're burning to lose weight or to maintain, and they teach you knowledge and skill that they have. And as you learn what to do when you walk into a gym, your confidence increases, you know how to use the machines, and you no longer have what? You no longer have fear. Same thing with sales. The reason you're afraid of sales isn't because you don't want to do sales or you don't understand what sales is. It's because when you get on the phone and somebody diverts you off of your script, you don't know how to handle it. When somebody objects to something that you have to say, you don't know where to go. When somebody is aggressive, you don't know how to navigate. It is all skills that are being built. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about how to rock a cold call because I think that it's going to be highly effective. I think it's going to be one of those episodes that you genuinely can take notes, get out your notebook, and really listen to what I'm saying because I'm going to share a few stories and a few tips that I think are going to be incredibly beneficial. When it comes to you getting on that phone, taking that leap, and doing the work, okay? So get out your notebooks. I am here. I've got my my festive cup. We're going to sip some coffee, and we're going to talk some sales, and I really can't wait, so let's get into it. All right, so to dive in, I want to start by actually sharing a real-life story and example of a time that I took an irate past customer and turned them into a a now customer and kind of share the journey we went on, the situation as much as I can um, and share it because I want you guys to hear some things along the way. First, I'm just going to tell the story. But then I'm going to break down what I did. And then those key things that we break down, I want to teach you how to apply those into your business, because I think that the more we understand and learn from real life examples, there are key pieces that you hear, little phrases, little adjustments that you can make in your sales discussion, and it changes the entirety of your sales process. And you wouldn't even think of it until you just hear somebody do it and go, God, that's a good way of doing that. So I'm gonna start by sharing that story now, and then we're gonna hop in to the more tangible meat of it when you walk away with something that you can apply in your life and in your business. So the story starts back when I was selling um, senior living, and my job as the sales director was to take the building and to basically fill the building, fill our census, and move seniors into our building, right? So this is a very emotional um, Situation. It's a very emotional sales process because you have to realize when seniors move into senior living, they're giving up a lot of their lives. And while there are huge benefits, and I know that the world has a bad stigma against senior living homes, but they are so different and so amazing now, many of them are. And There's the stigma you're fighting as a salesperson, and then there's the emotional side of family members who are not always on the same page. Some don't believe in senior living, and they will look for everything wrong. Some people um, are completely for it. And then you've got like the, the senior themselves who is fighting a lot of emotions. Maybe they're giving up their car, they're moving out of a home that they've had for 45 years. I mean, you know, sometimes they have to leave their partner because their partner is totally fine, but the other person's not. I mean, there are so many layers to the emotions of simply just moving your whole life into a senior place, right? Um, And essentially looking at your life like you're planning for the end of it. And there, that's a lot of heavy things. So sometimes these conversations were, you know, more emotional, but like, we're not ready right now. Sometimes they were, um, Angry, almost like, Why would you think I'd be ready for that? Do you know how old I am? I'm only 65, or I'm only 70. How did you get my number? You know, and I'm like, You inquired. (laughs) And so basically, I had just started, and my job was to go and call all these past inquiries who had inquired with us and had been moved to a different list in our system. And we had like 700 people. And so I would just kind of make calls every day and try to have good conversations that would lead into an appointment, with them coming in and touring. And touring is when they would see the facility, obviously, um, or the community, I should say. And I would show them like, you know, oh, we have a pool table room. We've got, you know, this, we've got that. And I'd walk them around the building and really make those connections. Right. And then if I wasn't doing tours, I was answering phones and making cold calls. And so that was really my role. And in the beginning, I had no idea that some of these people were on a do not call list because they weren't called that in our system and I had not known that yet. Um and so I one day just got on a roll and started calling all of these people. And I'm definitely the person who if you give me a list I'm like let me add it. Let me see. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> and I'm just I don't know. I even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm like we'll mess up but we'll learn something. Let's go. And I feel like, number one, that's a really good attitude to have in sales, by the way, is literally just being able to kind of say, throw caution to the wind. Let's see what happens. You know, um, and I think that that can be super beneficial in getting to another level in sales because it's just almost a mental confidence booster. So I start making these calls and I was on a roll. I had had like two really great calls that day. And um, I will be honest, a lot of times when you're cold calling, you just get voicemail, 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 voicemail. And you're like, okay, right. But when you start to um, reach people, I was always really good at extending the length of time I was on the phone with them and learning a lot about the people because I had real conversations. So I get this one lady to answer. And I did not realize she was on our do not call list, but I found out very quickly because she was very upset that I called. So I said, hi, blank, you know, her name. Um, my name is Jamie. I'm calling from this place. And I saw that you had inquired a long time ago, back in 2014 or something like that. And, you know, I wanted to just reach out and see if you were still interested or, you know, if you've, has anything changed or something like that? I said something along those lines. And she goes, no, I know who you guys are. Why are you calling? And I said, well, you had inquired. And she goes, right. And I lived there at one point. And I was like, oh, I don't see that in our system. We just got a new system. And so we're kind of working through that. Not every bit of information has been added. Um, And I said, okay, so did you move to a different you know, community? And she goes, no, I moved back home. Thank God. I didn't sell my house before moving into that awful place. And I was just like, oh, okay. And she goes, I'm actually on your do not call list. So I have no idea why you would even pick up the phone and try to convince me. I'm never coming back. She was livid. You guys so mad at me. And I said, well, I'm so sorry. That wasn't in my system. Had it been there, I would not have called you. Um, But listen, obviously you don't want to move back in. That's fine with me. I'm not here to convince you of anything. But could you tell me a little bit about your experience? I'm brand new. I haven't met you yet. Um, I, I don't know much about what happened here. Can you tell me? So she goes on a rant and I am not joking. First of all, she said, you don't want to hear all that. I said, actually, I really do. You know and she goes why would you want to hear all that and i told her i want to hear it because if there are ways that we can improve from the perspective of someone who was clearly excited to move in and upset enough to move out then there are things that we could probably fix and it's my job as the director here to make those changes or help from the sales perspective at least or you know to bring that to the attention of our executives and um see if I can help you know if if anything i'm at least going to learn about what happened for you and i can i just want to know she goes okay <laughs> and she goes well here you go and she went off for about 20 minutes 20 minutes of every little thing that frustrated her angered her and all of this stuff. And I said, and I, the whole way I'm like, oh my gosh, really? That happened? Wow. Okay. I totally understand. I would never want my grandma in that position or I'm so sorry that happened to you. Right. And I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Finally, toward the end, she goes, but I will say, I don't want to just go on a rant about how awful it was. There were really good things about it there too. And I said, Oh, really? Like what? And she mentioned the other sales manager who and he and I became very close. He became like a dad to me. Um, and she she mentioned his name and she goes, actually, my dog loved him and I adored him. He was just so nice. And I was like, Yeah, he's amazing. Um, you know, and she was just like. Yeah, and then there was this that was really good, and there was that that was really good, and I was like, yeah, I mean, there's there's always good and bad in every place, right? And she said, yeah, and I said, so are you enjoying living at home? And she goes, well, I don't know. I just I needed to get out of there at the time. And I said, okay, do you think that that was the right move? And she was like, you know, I don't know. I question it sometimes. And I said, well, I can understand that. And. And I didn't try to push anymore. And I just said, well, her name, right? And by the way, using names in conversations really helpful. I just said, well, name, I'm really sorry that your experience here wasn't the best. Some things have changed. And I said, I'm not here to convince you of anything, right? Because you've already been here. But I will say some of those things that you mentioned, since I've been here at least, I know that they've changed. And I explained to her one of the issues, In and I will tell you in most senior living places, people complain about food. And um, so I told her we actually got a new, two new chefs. And I said, um, and they're new relative to me being here. And I said, so one of the things that I will say is this morning in our meeting, we have a chef who will not serve what was on the menu, unless he was allowed to go to the store today and make it the correct thing that was on the menu. Because he said in his culinary training, what we are serving isn't the traditional dish for that. And he didn't want to serve something that wasn't right. And she goes, really? And I was like, yeah. So he left the meeting and he got petty cash and he went to the store and he got new food to make for the day because he just felt like it wasn't correct. And she goes, well, that's impressive. And I said, that's what I said. And she kind of giggled, right? And then I had her laughing throughout the conversation and I was asking her these different questions about, you know, are you dealing with anything hard right now? Are you finding that living by yourself is hard or whatever, you know? And she started answering these questions and I got more information about her. And then I said, okay, well, you know, aside from all that, because that's not really what we're here, can you tell me a little bit about you? I know you have a dog. What's your dog's name? She starts telling me about her dog and And I said, okay. And and she said, and I said, what do you love about living in your home? And she starts explaining all the ways that she loves living in her home, but then opens up about all the hard things about living in her home by herself. And I said, were you married? And she said, I was. And then she explained her marriage and I said, oh my gosh, what a beautiful story, you know, and um, I'm so sorry, you know, for the loss and all of these things. And I told her a few personal things about me and we laughed and, um, and had that conversation and we were on the phone for like over an hour. We hung up and she calls me back the next day, but I want to note something before I move into that second part. This lady was irate in the beginning of our conversation and I could have easily been like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We won't bother you again. Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is assuming that because someone's asked to be called, not to be called before, or the fact that somebody seems angry, that you should let them go. All that that does is honestly keep them angry toward your company or toward you, right? Because when somebody is angry and they are in a position where now the person who calls and reaches them just goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, we won't ever bother you again. You haven't fixed anything. They're still angry for all the same reasons. So it's important to take a step back and just try to communicate. And if they really say, will you stop calling or stop talking to me? Then, yeah, respect them and say, of course, um, didn't mean to bother you. Hope you have a good day, whatever. But she didn't ask me to get off the phone. She just said she was on our do not call list. Right, you were. But now I'm calling. So tell me about what the problem is. And she did. And I truly believe that our breakthrough was in letting her be upset with us, letting her communicate it to us, and knowing that I actually cared what happened. Because she even said in the beginning, like I mentioned, oh, you don't want to hear that. And I said, yes, I do. And when she said why, I had a real reason. And she liked that. And she said, okay. And then she went off. But toward the end of her rant, she also had already started convincing herself of the good things that were here in our community because not one part of me disagreed with her or tried to sugarcoat it or said, oh, well, everyone has problems and there's always bad in all the places. And no, I just said, I'm so sorry that you experienced that here in our community. That is terrible. I would not want that for my family. Right. And I never made her wrong and I never made her right. I just experienced her pain and I let her know I was listening. So then she calls me back the next day And she said, could you do me a favor? And by the way, first of all, somebody else answered. And she said, I want to speak to Jamie. This lady and I built a connection. And then they said, well, she's not available, but I can answer your call. And she said, no, have her call me. (laughs) So I call her after my lunch break. And we talked for another 45 minutes. But in that 45 minutes, you know what we did? we picked out apartments. (laughs) We picked out apartments and we picked out some things that could have been available. And she said, you know, I'm not ready. And I said, I don't want to make you ready. And I joked and I said, maybe we don't even want you here. And she started laughing because I knew, by the way, that that was a comfortable joke for her and I to make. Like, don't make those kind of jokes if you're not sure. But I knew she'd think that was funny because she was sassy. And she was like, she's like, oh, shut up. Yes, you do. You want the commission. And I said, sure. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah, that's all you are commission. And, and I said, no, I'm serious though. I said, you know, I wouldn't, I truly don't want you to move in if you're going to move right back out. And she said, no, I, I don't want that either. I said, that's a huge move. That's a huge discussion to have, but I'm happy to send you photos, send you videos, send you square footage and really go over some things. And she was like, okay, yeah, what's available? Guys, The day before, she was literally like, I'm on your do not call list. Why the heck are you calling me? (laughs) And today we're picking out apartments. So these things can be flopped around quicker than you know, first of all. And she told me something the next day. I said, I'm really surprised you're wanting to look at apartments. She goes, you know, me too. But your call made me realize that there were good things there. And I don't think I was ready to move in the first place. And so I was probably looking for a lot of reasons to be upset. And while there were a few things that were definitely upsetting, they were probably things I could have gotten over had I been actually ready to make that move, but I wasn't at the time. But now things are actually harder for me, and I do need to start thinking about my future. And there's a lot of good people there. So I, and she goes, and honestly, I really enjoy the fact that you never are trying to push me or just talking with me. And I feel good about that. I feel like I, I genuine, you're a genuine person. And I said, I appreciate that. And as we built this connection, we started laughing more and sharing more. She told me what was important to her and that she wanted a walking trail. And I said, Did you know that there's a walking trail over in the across from the parking lot where there's a church and behind the church is a walking trail? I can send you photos and links. And I started sending her photos and links of the trail. And she was like, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that when I was there. And I said, Yeah, you can walk your dog. We have a first floor apartment, easy in access. You don't have to go through the front. And I'm finding her all these ways that she's just talking about about what she, what she feels is important and I've got answers right and I'm showing her and, and talking with her and here's the thing again she didn't want to book an appointment yet she didn't want to come see us she had to drive 2 hours in order to come see us so I didn't want to make her do that till she was ready but a week goes by and we had a new um a new like a offer out for trying to get sales cuz covid had really shifted some things and so I ended up calling her and I said, hey, you know, we have a new deal. I know you're not feeling ready yet, but I want you to know what's going on here. And she said, "Okay, great. Um, She goes, tell me about it. And I did. I told her the whole the whole spiel of our offer. And she said, you know what? Send me some more apartments. And can we book a time for me to come up? I don't want to lose them. I said, absolutely. She goes, I'll come now. And I said, well, I leave in two hours. I'm off in two hours. And I said, no, I'm happy to stay. But I want you to think about the Friday night traffic you'd be hitting. Would you prefer to come on Monday or Tuesday? And she said, will they be gone? And I said, we have a... a a potential offer on one, but nobody has come in and actually put that deposit down. So I said, if they do, still it's just a deposit. They have to actually agree to it and they may not be ready. So there's still a shot you would get it. And she said, okay. Um, she wanted to come on Monday. It was a little easier traffic. She could come in the morning and have all the time she wanted to really go through the building. And so we scheduled it. And this lady drove two hours to come revisit the building, brought her dog and I'm showing her these apartments. She was so happy. And then she even told my bosses that she didn't want to work with anyone else but me. And she said, now, if I move in, you're going to be here, right? And I said, yeah. And so we were talking and, you know, it was just one of those things where over time, then she she wanted a specific apartment and the rest is history. And so why, why am I sharing that story? Because it is a story that number one, it took about three weeks total to get her in. It started with a do not call list. It started with an angry woman who had had a ton of issues. And it started with me being caring enough to let her vent and not disagree with her. So I didn't do anything magic about that sales process. What I did though, was instead of being afraid of her being upset with me, I figured she's already upset. I might as well ask the questions anyway. And if she gets more upset, she's going to hang up. She's going to say, never call me again. And then we don't. And she'll hang up. And then it is what it is. And I didn't really do anything wrong because she wasn't mad at me. She was mad at her experience here. So, okay. Right? That's the worst thing. I'll take it. But instead, I was bold enough to ask her those questions. I did. And she did want to talk. She did want to give me the layout of why she was so upset. And my guess is that not anyone had really asked her that question or let her vent or agreed with her. Because a lot of times people, when we move out or when, you know, the sales process ends and it didn't end well, sometimes as salespeople, we get upset and we feel like we got to defend our product or defend our service or defend our business. But that's not our job. Because if we did something wrong or something wrong happened, it is our job to step up and be dutiful. And I think it is incredibly important that we we take into consideration that when someone's upset, sometimes we just have to kind of hold on, go for the ride and let them get it out and off their chest. So I did that and it worked really, really well for her. And it worked really well for me. Also, inventing, I want you guys to hear this, inventing, in somebody being upset with you, they're going to tell you a whole lot about what they actually want and need. Because the things that trigger someone are opposite to the things that they want. So when you are a good listener, which by the way is 90% of sales is being a good listener. It isn't just knowing what to say. It's listening and navigating the conversation based on the things that they say, the things that they want. So you've got to listen to key factors that maybe are a little bit underlying, right? While she's telling me all the bad, I'm not going, oh my God, that's terrible. I'm going, okay, so if, if this experience was really negative to her, then the opposite of that would have been more preferable. Okay, so that means she's looking for this, 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 and this, right? And from that, I literally picked up on the fact that, okay, she was unhappy. She was on the second floor. And so that means she wanted a first or a third. So I asked her that later. Hey, so, you know, you told me you were upset with being on the second floor. Was that because you were in the middle and you had noise from both? Or was that because you would have preferred to be on the first floor for different access reasons? She goes, oh, it was totally the access reasons. I have a dog and I had to go down the stairs all the time and it was just really annoying right? And it was like, okay, bingo. She wanted first floor. So that was already a frustration to her when she moved in. Plus she wasn't moving in when she was ready. She felt like she needed to move in instead of wanted to move in. So now all those little things added up and she was upset with herself. She was upset in general with the situation. And so all these little things added up to being more frustrating than probably normal. But I heard that which to her meant I was listening and I cared about why the second floor bothered her. I cared about why the food situation bothered her. I cared about why her dog was so important to her. And so within her venting, I was taking notes, not word for word, don't distract yourself, but I was taking notes that allowed me to say, okay, these things were her frustration points and kind of look at those as I look down on our phone call and say, okay, what's the opposite of that that she might want, right? And then I presented that to her based on um, or through the usage of a question, not saying, so I'm assuming you wanted this. No, I said, so you said the second floor was frustrating to you. Is that because you wanted a first floor apartment? And then she was able to say, yeah, I really wanted the first floor apartment because blah, 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 and it wasn't available, And so now I knew, Okay, so if I'm going to get her to come back in and she's not opposed, a first floor apartment because she still has that dog is going to be important. Right. And so I listened through her frustrations. I listened for things that she would want if there was an opportunity that sounded good. The next thing is I agreed with her with while sharing facts And kind of switching the conversation. Not once did when she was venting about the food, for example, did I say, oh, well, our food is so much better now. So I think you should really give us another try. (laughs) No, instead, at the end, I said, I am just truly sorry that that happened to you. And I paused and she said, thank you. I hadn't heard that yet. And I said, wow, well, let me be the first. I'm not going to speak on behalf of anyone else, but I can speak on behalf of me and, you know. I definitely am sorry that you went through that, and she was like, "I do really appreciate that." I said, "Can I ask you something?" And she said, "Yeah." And I said, "So tell me about the food situation a little more. Like, obviously, this x you know x y and z situation was pretty pretty awful. Um, you know, I just wanted to share a little bit. Not that you're going to move back in here, but I do want you to know that our food situation has changed." And she said oh, has it? And I said, yeah, we did end up getting a lot of complaints about that, but we do take complaints seriously. You know, not every building is perfect and we all struggle in different areas, but I will tell you, we take the food complaint seriously and we fixed it and we got two new chefs. And this morning in our standup, just as an example of the quality of chefs we have now, this is what he did. And she goes, wow. And I'm going to tell you her reaction wasn't like, wow, you know, that would actually make me want to move in. No, her reaction was, wow, I'm really glad for the people that do live there because they don't deserve the crappy food that they were being served either. And I was like, you're right, they don't. And that's why we fixed it. And she was like, that's good. And then I just moved into a different question. There was no convincing. But while agreeing with her, I sprinkled in some new truth, right? Some things that had been changed without trying to convince her of anything. Because the minute you start convincing is the minute they don't want it enough and you lose control. But instead, I just shared pieces of things that she had touched on that I knew were better now, right? I knew were better because I'd heard these things before. And I knew that the residents currently had said, oh gosh, these new chefs are so much better than the ones we had in the past. So I knew that I was telling her the truth, right? Because I got it from the residents. And that helped her. As when we got into the next part of our conversation and we were starting to think about apartments, she even brought up, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that the food was better too. That makes me happy. When I come visit, could I uh, also try one of the meals? And I said, absolutely, right? I said, what's your favorite meal? Maybe we can plan it for a day that you, you know, we're cooking something you really like. And I shared with her the menu that week when we planned for her to come. And so there were a ton of little things with agreeing with her. But I kept telling her the truth throughout it. And it really changed the way that she was excited about the building because she realized, okay, things do change over time. And it put in her own mind that she was now thinking of the things that have improved and now she needs more help, right? And so she started to to spin her own wheels about maybe it's time, maybe it's good. So then the third thing I did. Was I followed up. I called her every maybe three to five days, just checking on her. One of our calls that was over an hour, I didn't talk to her once about apartments. I didn't talk to her once about senior living. I literally asked her how she's doing, what she likes doing, what she's been up to. We joked about COVID. We laughed about things about her dog. We talked about a million things. And then she sent me an email after that saying, Thank you so much for checking on me. It really meant a lot by the way, send me floor plans. (laughs) And, you know, I just built a relationship with her. Following up doesn't always have to be get to the sale, get to the sale, right? Now, industry specific, right? You have to know your industry. Senior living is not working like that. I'm not here to con someone into living and changing their whole entire lives just to get a, you know, a couple thousand dollar commission. Not worth it. But in car sales or in you know service based sales there may be a reason for follow up that is a little bit more aggressively pointed towards sales but you can still build rapport still build connection i wanted them to know that they could call me and tell me i'm having a bad day and i would go and drive to their home and bring them a cake you know i would do that kind of thing to build relationship and let them tell me old stories of their, their marriage and their life and their home and the memories that they have to leave behind. And I would ask them, is there any way that we can keep you in your home and try to get them to think on that path, which does two things. Number one, I'm not forcing them into a sale. In fact, I'm actually saying, Hey, is there a way we could keep you here? But it makes them question, you know, I'd like to, but I don't think so. And now they're convincing themselves to move but you can do that same type of situation in your business, right? And all it takes is really good listening. And then saying, is there any way that you guys, for example, with marketing, is there any way that you guys could keep the marketing in house? And then if they say, well, I don't know, we've kind of thought about it. Do you have any ideas? I'd say, well, typically you're going to spend about 50 to 60,000 a year on a really good marketing person. If you just want one, And with an agency, you're getting a team and it's a lot less, you know, it's a lot more cost effective because instead of spending 60,000 a year just on a salary, you could spend that and that includes your ad spend and you're getting a whole team of people. And, you know, and I said, but sometimes it can be beneficial to have somebody in-house because it's a little bit um, more branded to you. And I just let them simmer on that. And then they go, wow, you didn't have to convince me of anything. And it's like, no, because if you really want an agency, you'll pick us, right? I don't have to convince you. You're going to convince you. I'm just going to tell you the truth along the way. So the last thing I did after follow-up is I asked difficult questions. So when it comes to asking difficult questions, this is where I see the most the most fear built. They, they're afraid to ask questions that sound too salesy or they think might upset someone or whatever. And I think the biggest thing that I do well. And again, I built this skill through asking hard questions was learning that people feel afraid of the response and they feel afraid like they're getting too personal. And when you ask hard questions, you'll be surprised that people will respond and often they won't respond negatively they just respond <laughs> because you're kind of on the phone, you're kind of in the situation and they're already there. And it's almost more awkward for them to not respond. And so when you when you have the guts to ask the questions, number one, some of these questions that you ask that are a little harder, a little deeper, are questions that they haven't been asked, that they're contemplating in their own mind. And maybe this is the first time it's coming out outside of themselves in word form. And they're communicating. And now there's a connection built because you were the first person to go to that deeper level with them. And a good example of a question that I asked that was a little bit harder was, do you think you moving out of here was the right choice, even though you weren't happy? And that sounds like a really potentially frustrating question. Like, of course it was the right choice. Are you judging? You know, are you questioning my judgment? But instead she said, you know, I think about that from time to time. I don't know. Right. She wasn't angry because I'd already built rapport. We'd already become buddies. Okay. I used her name a few times. We laughed together. And I had done no convincing. I agreed with her. I listened to her and I asked questions that applied to everything she had already said. Right. She was, I was only asking questions based off of information she gave. Right. So when I asked deeper questions, it was me genuinely trying to figure out like, do you feel like moving was the right, the right decision? Or do you wish you had stayed but just had a better experience? And she was like, you know, that's a good question. I just struggle with that sometimes, right? And now I know she actually does need to live somewhere. She actually did need to move. I'm not convincing some perfectly healthy woman to come and spend money that she doesn't really have to live with us. Instead, what I'm learning is she was just super unhappy and not quite ready for the move the first time. But she does need help. And she actually still needs help. And she doesn't want to give up this home she's had forever. And there's a whole lot of layers of emotions here. But now there's another underlying thing. And I'm going to tell you something. I found out a whole other underlying issue that was pushing her into this move when we were when I was actually in apartments with her and showing her apartments. And that was she discovered she was saying, you know, I just don't know financially. And I said, let's put the books down. Let's put the measuring tape down, right? I'm sitting there measuring walls, measuring furniture size. She had taken notes; like she was amazing. And um, and I said, you know, just look at me. And I said, let's talk. There is some reason outside of just that you need to move, because you know that this could be a process for you, and it's going to be a process. But there is some reason why you felt the need to potentially move as soon as possible. What else? Is going on? Is there something going on with you or outside of you? And she said, You know what? There is. My daughter is struggling health wise and she lives here. And I can't keep driving two hours back and forth. And I feel like if I was here, I'd make a better difference in her life and I could help her more. And I said, Oh, okay. Right. Now I know that there's a different motivation, there's layers to this motivation. And now I can press upon that, but not in a bad way, not in a salesy way, but in this way of, okay, so this is how I said it. I said, I'm going to tell you something. She shared some things that were very personal with me and I shared things that were very personal with her. I said, you know what? You've been through a lot of loss. And I hugged her and I said, and so have I. And I said, so I understand that you're viewing this as a chance to be close with your with your daughter and to potentially be a saving, save her a little bit. And and that's a job of a mom, right? And I said, so so let's let's look at these moving situations. I said, right now, you've talked a lot about the furniture you don't want to give up and all of that stuff. And these are probably fears around you not being feeling ready to move because you had a bad experience before. But last time you didn't have your daughter sick here. And I said, I feel like furniture and a storage unit and all of those things are so small in comparison to the real reason you feel it's important to be here. And furniture, by the way, is something you can then exchange and you can get help with. And, you know, you can have some things in a storage facility so you don't have to give them up and then some things here. And I said, and if it's seasonal, then you can go and we could probably find ways to help you exchange out for furniture so that if you wanted to change your couch or you wanted to add in that other bookshelf at some point, you could. You're not confined. And I said, but I feel like you and I both know that these furniture discussions are are small obstacles for the real reason you want to move, but you have fear around moving. And she was like, yeah, completely you're right. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to ask you to make this decision because right now you're dealing with a lot. And I said, if you want to put a deposit down, beautiful, it's fully refundable. But if you want to walk out of here and think about it, I think you should. And you know, and she goes, well, let's put that deposit down. <laughs> and I said, okay. And at the end of the day, the thing about that is I was willing to have a harder conversation than most will have. I was willing to look at her and say, everything you're telling me right now based on our conversations is that you know you need to move. There's other reasons, and these are excuses. And I want to have a real conversation. What is it that feels not right for you? What is it that you're afraid of? What is it you're struggling with? And then we got to the real conversation. But you have to be bold enough to ask that. You have to be bold enough and that takes practice. And it really does. You may suck at it the first time and a couple people are going to be like, what are you trying to do? You know, I didn't do anything. I don't want to talk to you about this. And you say, okay, I apologize if I crossed a line. I genuinely just want to help you in this journey for whatever it is, right? But some people are going to take you up on it. And the more genuine you are, like you're talking to a friend, the more you're going to break through those barriers and genuinely help somebody. So I want you to feel confident in asking those questions, but confidence comes through practice and not just practicing with someone who's not actually a person, but practicing with people by calling them. So when we talk about how to master the skill of sales, I'm gonna tell you what I hope you took from this story. Number one, having real conversations with people. The same way if your friend called you and said I had a terrible experience, I would hope that you would go, oh my gosh, tell me about it, what happened? And let them vent. Do that with your people, right? Build a genuine relationship. Ask questions outside of your sales process. Build rapport. The second thing is remembering it's a human on the other end who may or may not buy no matter what you do. So you might as well just try to be bold enough to ask those harder questions, listen in, you know, do the process. Because either way, they may or may not buy. But you're going to have a better chance if you do some of these things like, you know, really allowing your customer to vent to you or discuss things with you that they're frustrated about or they've had a bad experience in the past. I will tell you as a marketing agency owner, the amount of clients who come to us who have been so jaded by these high priced agencies who deliver zero results. And it's ridiculous. And they're like, we're going to get you 100,000 in like 30 days. No worries. You just got to pay us like 10 mil. And, you know, and not to that literal level, but people do. They pay these asinine amounts and get zero results. And then the agency's like, well, you know, you could have paid more. And we just, it's not our fault. Right. And so then you get another agency calling and following that up. And they're just already mad at you. (laughs) They're already mad. And you didn't even, they don't even know who you are. So you have to be willing to let them discuss that with you and break it down on a friendship level and just have those talks, right? And be neutral. Don't convince them of anything. Don't try to say, oh, well, you know, it can happen. Like, screw that. Just have a conversation and be like, God, I'm so sorry, that is ridiculous. And, you know, and just listen to them. But then sprinkle in truth. Tell the truth along the way. Give little key points. Like, for example, when we have an... an, Agency, a potential customer for the agency, who has had a bad experience. I let them talk, and I agree with them. And sometimes they'll say, "You know, it's just kind of hard to trust you, you kind of people." <laughs> and you're like, "Hmm." So one of the things that I've learned to say is, "You know what? You're right. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. Do you know how most people are building these these brand new agencies these days?" And sometimes they'll say, "No, not really." And I'm like, "They watch a webinar." They get a couple skills and they launch a business. And I said, and I think it's it's absolutely asinine, and it's terrible because you're this business owner who has been doing this for fifteen or twenty years, and they watched a webinar once and started a company, and they don't know what to do with your things. And I said, and i I honestly couldn't be more frustrated if i didn't experience business owners who are probably more frustrated than me because you have to understand from my perspective it does not help the agency world at all when i feel so bad for customers like you who have been jaded i said i'm not going to try to convince you that we don't do that we don't but you know i probably sound like every other agency who says we're not going to do that to you and then they take your money and they do that but i will tell you we we have 8 years of experience we've been doing this for 8 years there's multiple people in this agency we're building a team you know And we have real strategy sessions. We have real check-ins. You have a real dashboard. You get to see where your money is going. So if you're interested in really trying, we can do different trial processes, 30 days or whatever. But you you also have to be willing to trust us And if you're not there, I can't convince you of that. But if there's something I can do or a way that you feel like there's something I could show you that would help, let me know. Um, And we could even do a free strategy session so you're aware of our skill set and understanding and evaluating what your business needs. And a lot of times they go, huh, okay. Yeah, you know what? Send us a proposal. And I say, okay. And so I said, can I ask you more questions so that we can give you an accurate proposal? And then they say, yes. And we open that door. And do they always accept? No. Sometimes do we never hear from them again? Sure. But that is still a better relationship left on a better note than before. Because I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to agree, and I'm willing to then sprinkle in our truth that, hey, we're not like that. Right. Or, hey, things have changed. Or, hey, man, I totally get where you're at. But I do want to add in this. I don't, you know, whether you choose us or not, not my, not my concern right now, but I do hope you understand that there are layers to agencies and whether you chose a different agency that you felt more, more comfortable with, that's fine. But I do want you to know there are those guys and there are guys like us, you know, and I break that down and now I'm communicating with them on their level and I'm agreeing, but I'm also telling them the truth that that's not every agency out there right? Not everyone listened to one webinar and built a company. So it helps. So like when you guys are getting bolder, you got to ask those harder questions and you have to put yourself in the position to, to key in on key topics. And, And the one thing I will say, walk away with today is something I said earlier, which was when somebody tells you their biggest frustrations, you can almost, Realize in that moment that what they're telling you is that they want the opposite, right? She said she was pissed being on the second floor. Okay, so we only had three floors. So you wanted the third or the first, right? And it led me into a different question that showed number one, I was listening. Number two, I found out why she didn't like the second floor. And number three, I found out how important the first floor was to her. So when you are listening and taking little quick notes, I just want you to really understand sales is not just scripts and navigating conversations. Skill uh, Sales is the skill set of human to human interaction and listening. Being able to dissect what people say in a couple of seconds and understanding that this applies to where you're trying to go. And everything that they're willing to tell you is information you can utilize to close the deal later, but also to build a relationship. So again, you need to allow your customer to vent without defense. You need to agree with them with while you share facts that kind of disprove their frustrations without trying to convince them of anything. You need to be good at following up, giving them calls every couple weeks or every few days, depending on your industry and what feels natural, and sometimes just checking in and not those dumb check-ins where you're like, hey, just seeing how you're doing. You still thinking about moving, right? But instead like, hey, you know, last time we chatted, you told me about this, this, and this. I just wanted to check in. How's your brother doing? Or how's, you know, how's the dog doing? You know, this weather's a little crazy. Does your dog need anything? Can I bring it to you? Right. That would be senior sales. I wouldn't you know, say to do that for everybody. But what are the things that they could have told you that you can bring up? And that's part of preparation. That's part of understanding that you need to prepare for these calls. So then lastly, you need to ask hard questions and you need to be willing to dive in and ask uncomfortable questions. And the reason I call them uncomfortable questions isn't because you're your customer will view them as uncomfortable. It's that we as salespeople sometimes think, am I crossing a line? Is that too personal? Am I going too deep? Am I making assumptions? Get out of your own way and ask questions that you would genuinely ask of a friend or of your parents. And really dive in because that shows, number one, confidence, but number two, it shows that you are a professional who knows your industry and you were listening to them. And you know like, hey, I heard that and I just wanted to pick up on that and ask you, you know, why was that important to you? Or why was that frustrating? Or, you know, you said a couple things earlier, um, just going back to the example I've been using, you know, she said a couple things earlier where she was saying, well, it wasn't that bad. And, you know, I, I rethink my decision sometimes. So then I ask, Do you feel like you made the right decision? You know, and that can be a tough question, but she answered because it was natural to the conversation and it was based on information she'd already given. So listen closely, listen intently, ask those difficult questions, go deeper, build relationships, follow up, let them vent and and then sprinkle in your truth without convincing them. And those type of sales conversations, you guys, will be the kind that close deals for you they will be the kind that at work you become the sales master but you got to be bold enough and the boldness only comes through practice so practice 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 i am working on developing a sales course that will walk through a lot more than i can fit into a podcast episode but if there are any specific sales questions you have always feel free to dm me on she at she is jamie lee on Instagram. And I will try to make an episode outlining these things. This is a longer episode, but I hope you found the value in it. I hope that this really sparked some something in you in your sales process, something new to try right and maybe it's none of the tips i gave maybe something else sparked a th- something in you and i want you to dm me and i want you to tell me about what you found helpful in this episode again on instagram at she is jamie lee it's always linked in the show notes so be sure to check that out thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you next week